Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Millennial Homemakers Podcast, your resource for all things home, hostessing, and more. We're your hosts, Jackie Alexander and Jacqueline Humble. Hello, and welcome back to the Millennial Homemakers. Glad to have you. Today, we have a very special interview. Um, This is actually the second time that she has been on our show for a new book launch. That's actually her new book, Welcome Home, is available today, and it's Michael and Smith or at the Nestor on Instagram. And I think she said at the Nestor pretty much everywhere. Um, She does share more about how to connect with her online in the interview. So you should definitely go check her out. Because we we were talking, we just connected with Mike Lynn. And the last time we started by connecting with just the fact that we have strange names. (laughs) And no one knows how to spell them or pronounce them. Yes, and Michaelin, um, she really is a great. Our our first episode with her um, did very well, and we actually got in a lot of new listeners from her. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate her being on our show again this year. And Jackie and I even had the opportunity to go to her book tour when we used to be able to do things in person <laughs> like that. We went. We were like invited to her trailer that she had blinged out. Uh, or cozy minimalist. Well, I can say, bling might be the wrong word here. It was, it's pretty much like a replica, like a small scale version of her living room. Yeah, it and was definitely it, well, like tricked out, maybe. Yeah, tricked out might be the right. Like it wasn't just some trailer. Like it was a cute little house. Yeah, yeah, and that she brought along with her on the book tour, um, mm-hmm. and she was just a pleasure to see in person, and I, I'm just so happy that she came on our show again, and um, we were talking uh, right before, I was like, Jackie, we have to start recording now, because I felt like we were getting into a good conversation, and... Which happens frequently, by the way. <laughs> That's why we usually don't talk about episodes before we hit record, right. to be honest. Um, we might text, but we won't talk. And uh, I was recommended to read her first book, The Nesting Place. And I think it was by Leah um, Mm -hmm. a few years before um, Cozy Minimalist Home came out. And I never got around to it. And what a shame that I didn't because I... As soon as I started reading Cozy Minimalist when we were first introduced to Michael and through um, Zondervan to be on our show, I just felt like she was a kindred spirit in her whole philosophy for entertaining, for decorating, all the things that are like the millennial homemaker core values Mm -hmm. that Jackie and I really connect on. And that I think Mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners connect with us on. And, um, so she really is just like a older, wiser soul sister. She's not that old, but older than us. (laughs) Right. Right. She has a little more experience in this because so I used to read her blog, The Nesting Place, way back in the day before having my own place was really even on the horizon. Like it might have been in college. So like it was kind of a little bit my dorm room, but that's that's completely different than owning a house and, yeah. and making your house feel like you, especially if you're sharing with a dorm with other people. But I never, like I kind of just stopped reading it probably because I was like, I'm in college. What am I doing? Um, and so I never got into her books and, and the same thing when we first read Cozy Minimalist Home, I'm like, what have I been missing? This would have simplified getting my house ready when we first moved in. Yes. So much. Yeah. She definitely has a lot of great tips and a lot of 
just I, I just like her philosophy. Like that's the best way yes. to put it because she truly yes. does have a home philosophy. And this new book, Welcome Home, is really about um, simplifying slash maximizing the seasons mm -hmm. and decorating your home for different seasons. We're going into fall, which is my favorite time of year. It was Mine like too. in the fifties this morning when I woke up, it just, oh. Oh, I love it. I'm jealous. It was still in the nineties when I woke up. This well, more, <laughs> a little different altitudes, but exactly. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, I just love this time of year going into these seasons and it's, you know, it, it's interesting how with the pandemic and all these things, how this is going to play out for this time of year when honestly mm -hmm. I've been looking forward to fall because that's when I actually like being at home. I like being inside. Right. I like fires. I like decorating like and entertaining in our house. And I think that's going to be a huge trend even more. So this fall is, mm -hmm. you know, just more intentional, smaller get togethers. Um, once people start feeling comfortable, you know, meeting in smaller groups again and right. all those kind of things. Yeah, I agree. And I think because fall is such a reset and maybe summer and spring are resets and winter for people that actually have all four seasons, but <laughs> Augusta, Georgia really has fall and summer and that's it. And summer is just hot and gross and I'm excited about it for like two days, but fall, I'm excited about it for the entire season. I never want it to end. And so of course I want to bring that into my house. And so this book, um, Mike Lynn really goes into how to bring the season into your home in a very minimalist way. Like Jacqueline said, like maximizing it without just going and buying every pumpkin you see. And we'll, yes. And we talk more about this in the interview. Um, but she even touches on all five senses, which is so important. I was just reading a business book called the aesthetic intelligence. I think I recommended Jackie read it and yes. it talks it's actually in the mail on the way to my house. Oh, okay, good. Right I'm glad. It, it talks, it's by Pauline Brown, and she talks a lot about brands and how they, the ones that have lasted so long, like Louis Vuitton and um, I can't pronounce the champagne, the expensive orange label champagne, Vive Cliquet. Is that how you say it? I have no idea. You're asking Vague the wrong Cliquet. person. I don't know. It's French. I never took French. But that, um, we French all know that. Ignore that pronunciation. What? Oh, yeah. We all know that. And then, like I just said, the orange label, right? Mm -hmm. So the aesthetic intelligence goes into touching on the five senses and those brand codes of those, you know, really successful luxury brands. And after I listened to that one and then reading the Welcome Home, it it's like this is the version for your house of mm -hmm. all of those things, really branding your house for the season. You know, I, that I'm big on branding. So your personal brand, we talk a lot about that with personal style, but mm -hmm. it truly goes beyond over pumpkining. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. And so kind of going back to what you had mentioned um, earlier, like a couple minutes ago, mm -hmm. um, about how she's like an older soul sister and how if we had kind of, gotten on the the nester bandwagon earlier it would have changed everything um a couple weeks ago i was at a very very small baby shower um venturing out of the house for one of the first times and i was talking to the hostess and i was like your house is so gorgeous like and it was very simple uh -huh. and very coherent um and okay, after like Cohesive. Yeah, not coherent. Thank you. Um, words are hard. Like, I'm like thinking like, what, did it have too much champagne? Like, 
<laughs> baby shower with champagne, always a winning combination. Um, just kidding. Um, and so I was, I was talking to the hostess and how much I loved her house. And she's like, have you ever heard of Michael and Smith? Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, girl, let me tell you. And so she she was so excited for Welcome Home. So shout out to Lacey if you are listening. Um, because if, if you want to simplify and you want to have that cohesive look mm-hmm. in your house, then Mike Lynn is really a great starting point. And with the Welcome Home, I think it's just a very easy transition for each season. And- now, was this in the book, or was this just on her Instagram story? The pineapple rule was that? In the I book? remember being. It was definitely in her Instagram story. I'm trying to think if it was in her book. I can't remember. Well, I know that in her Instagram story, Jackie actually sent. Didn't you send it to me, or was it yes. Leah? Okay, Jackie it sent me, it to me. Because as soon as I see pineapple, I send you things. Yeah, yeah. Because I like pineapples. I'm actually looking at three pineapple lamps that have gone into one room somehow. But <laughs> anyway, I, I love it. It's the southern symbol for hospitality. Mm-hmm. Also, like in some places, it's a symbol for swingers. But I think that has to be like an actual pineapple. And like, I don't even know anything about that. So <laughs> I have never heard that before. Oh and that gosh. hooks the show psych in a whole new level because there's a pineapple in every episode. Okay, did you not know that that was, like, a thing? We'll have to go no. into that later. Yeah, okay. apparently it's, like, something. I don't – it was in the 60s, I think. I don't know. Something There's about, like, like – parties and all that. Yeah, stuff. they would, like, put a pineapple on their porch. Weird stuff. Not into it. But it has made me rethink the pineapple brass knocker that I wanted for the front door. Okay? So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that in the house. Anyway, it's a Southern symbol for hospitality. But Michael in, in her Instagram story, and she says things like this in the book, but I don't, you know, talks about larger scale. Like, instead of buying a bunch of stuff, just buy one really great piece of decor. <laughs> and so her rule is that she doesn't buy like a ceramic piece or like a, a piece of decor for her house that is um, smaller than a pineapple. Which is genius because I'm like all of the things that I've given away or thrown out in the past couple months since I've been in the house for so long have been really small things yes. that just get lost and cluttered and you just have to dust and dust and dust. Yes, exactly. So don't tell your mother because her precious moments collection would. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, in her defense, she's been collecting those since probably the seventies. So yeah, and I think she keeps them in a Kiro cabinet. So that's a whole different thing. Yes, she thing. does. But, or in the attic. Uh, <laughs> don't we all um yeah. but i i will say it, it stuff like those kind of tips um tune into her episode or her interview that's coming up right after this mm-hmm. um i was gonna read a few things on her um instagram she's been posting things leading up to the book launch and i was gonna read a few quotes from other either from her or for people about it oh and also with her book comes like a course and i yeah. Uh, we don't have access to that yet, um, but that seemed really, really so neat. So I went ahead and I have already pre-ordered the book, which again is coming out today when you're listening to this. So I do have access to the course and I haven't had a chance to sit down and really go through it yet, but it talks about how, like it kind of takes what's in the book and puts it into a visual um, conversation. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I need to pre order mine. Um, so I can get it shipped to me this week or when it's out. And then I'm definitely gonna listen to on audible if she reads it because mm-hmm. I don't know yet. But that's my favorite way to consume things like you know, with this podcast, I hope that right. y'all like listening to it. <laughs> um, so here was a few quotes that I just thought really summed up. Um, 
cozy minimalist home and then now welcome home for decorating um, for the seasons. So one of them says, I can admire it without needing to acquire it. So true. Here's another one. I can love how they decorate it without needing to replicate it. I think that one's huge because if your personal style isn't going to be anybody else's. And th- what I think of is like like a hotel or something or like like a wedding right. or you know something is right. thinking that that has to be like every like tablescape for like having people over to dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep going back to these. I bought these bunny shaped like salad plates for Easter. Mm-hmm. Haven't used them. And they're cute. Yeah. It's great. I like the idea of changing out, you know, salad plates. I even think I I did Easter dinner here this year with COVID and we just had my father-in-law come over mm-hmm. and it was just my husband, my father-in-law and I didn't use them. Forgot about them. They're unnecessary. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and the, another one is I can appreciate it without needing to accumulate it. Which I think that really goes back to Cozy Minimalist Home, which if you haven't read that, go ahead and listen to that episode now because you're going to want to go out and buy that book too. Because just getting stuff, it's just more stuff you have to take care of. Yes. And we talked about this in the interview too, but just talking about, um, this was another quote on her Instagram is, when your home is ready for the season, it's ready for the celebration. Mm -hmm. And just thinking about the reason why we decorate for our homes should be, you know, for the people who live there, but also an entertaining purpose as well. And so, you know, if getting your home ready for Christmas is laborious and tiresome and you can't celebrate after, then you're doing too much. Well said, which is why I got rid of like half of my Christmas decorations last year. Yeah. So, and it's fun to have a theme still. I think you can do that in wrapping. That's a more consumable thing Mm -hmm. um like she talks about candles and how you know she'll buy like tons and tons of candles and people think like oh my gosh if you're a minimalist why do you have 10 candles in your cart at target and she said well it's because you're supposed to be burning the pretty candles they're right looking at them yes Yes. so and yeah anyway so i hope i have well i have one more quote um goes with this before we jump into that episode and that's home exists to serve the people not the other way around which this is something that we're going to get into with this season um of the podcast and so we just wanted to get that out there yes we're the season will be good we're going to have regular episodes um every tuesday so it should be ready for you early on the tuesday and we're excited about some of the topics coming up so i hope that you stay tuned Michael, welcome to the Millennial Homemakers. We're so glad to have you back and to talk about your newest book, Welcome Home. Oh, y'all, I'm so glad to be here. And I love talking about home. It's my favorite topic. Oh, good. Ours too. (laughs) So that's a good thing. Okay, well, let's jump right in. So Michael, one, I love the cover. Absolutely love it. I love the disco ball on it, especially. Yay! (laughs) Because it makes it so fun. Um, And Jackie and I like to kind of get the behind the scenes, like in your brain about when you're writing a book. So your book takes us season by season. Um, And did you have a reason for starting with fall besides the timing of the book launch? Oh, I totally did. Because fall is the season 
that I think we begin to get tripped up the most when it comes to seasonal decor. And I say that from experience. Like I think a lot of people that write books uh, write it because like out of a frustration of something maybe they had to learn themselves. And so that that's me. I'm raising my hand. And fall decor was like a big problem for me. I found myself giving myself a part-time job of yes. having for decor, packing up decor, putting out decor, babysitting decor, you know, so also I could sit in my attic for 10 months out of the year. Uh, and so fall is kind of the beginning of that. I mean, we all decorate for Christmas and uh, that kind of thing. But I think it kind of starts in the fall. That's a season we all get excited about. And um, and it, it happened to be a good time for me to put out the book as well. I read, my other books came out in the fall and I kind of like that time of year. So it just worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that feeling. But last year, I think I realized I had like four boxes of fall decor and I only took out, you know, a quarter of that. So why did I have the rest of it? Yes. Yeah, I have um, challenged so we- myself. <laughs> And now I um, I have zero boxes of fall and I have three boxes of winter slash Christmas decor. And it feels so good. And my house still looks wintry and Christmas, like my house mm-hmm. was in Better Homes and Gardens, Christmas ideas. Like I, it's still, I promise you can get a seasonal home without feeling like you have to pack away seasonal stuff. My husband will love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we absolutely loved how you organized the book. I think it was a little unconventional. Um, And we love that you break up the seasons. One chapter focused on like the decor and the season itself. And then the other chapter based on the celebrations in that season, um, where most people might just focus on one or the other. Um, So what clicked for you to separate the two? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, Like my last book, so I wrote a book called Cozy Minimalist Home, and that book started out as a blog post that then moved into making an online class. And what happens is like people start asking you questions and you find yourself talking about a certain topic. And with Welcome Home, people started asking about decorating for fall. And I started figuring out like why I was frustrated with fall decor and then how to kind of solve that and what worked for me and what didn't. And then people also at the same time were asking about hosting. And I had never really quite put together that they kind of go hand in hand, which kind of sounds crazy. Like how does decorating for Christmas, what does that have to do with hosting? But it really does. What I found is when I feel confident in my home and that it's kind of ready for the season, it is automatically ready for the celebrations within that season. So if my home feels uh, ready for fall and if I've kind of fallitized my house, if I have the seasonal supplies I need and it feels like it's in keeping with the season, if you can walk in my house on October day and it feels like October, November, then when it comes time to host Thanksgiving, my house is like 75% there. It feels like fall. Then I just have to like add food. So it's been such a help to me in kind of a new way to look at seasonal decorating and seasonal supplies. We absolutely love that because I definitely agree. Um, and I just I, I just loved how you organized the book. Like I said, I always like to kind of, with these kind of books, you know, and like the home deck, it's, it's fun to get into the author's brain. Like, okay, why'd you go about it this way? So I loved it. Um, And that kind of takes us into our next one is focusing on the hospitality. So we had um, how do how does focusing on hospitality change how we decorate our homes each season? Ooh, okay. So how does focusing on hospitality change how we decorate our homes each season? Well, you know, when you think about decorating, 
uh, I think historically we think, okay, I need to decorate my home. Let me go to the furniture store. But really the best way to go about changing things in your home and evaluating your home and deciding what you need to do is to look at how it functions. And so it's going to function for three different types of people. One is just you, like as the person kind of making the changes, you kind of pay attention to how you use your home. You pay attention to how other people who live in your home, how they're using it. And then you also pay attention to guests that are coming over. And so those are the kind of three people to keep in mind of the function of your home, of the form. So there's always those two things that go hand in hand, what it looks like and actually how it's going to function. When you have your home in a competent place, when you feel like you have enough seating, enough surfaces, um, a house that feels like it's ready, like you have cups and plates and coffee mugs, <laughs> you have a table to sit that on. Mm -hmm. When your home gets in a place where it feels not finished, because home's never done, like it's, it's an art, like it's fun to always be kind of evolving. But when your home is in a place where it feels ready for people, you almost can stop thinking about it and home becomes more of a partner with you to open it up and to have people over. And you know, I'm a big proponent of like, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. That's the tagline of my first book. I believe in imperfections. I believe home was never meant to be a perfect place to impress people. But they're also, you can take that too far. Like, obviously, if you don't have any furniture, if you don't have any dishes, if you don't have a refrigerator, it's really hard to have people over. So we have to have some <laughs> And so, uh, you know, we kind of, this book kind of meets you in the middle of like saying, listen, I know we all want a pretty home. I've never met a person that wants a pretty home so they can show off and impress someone. Like we want a pretty house so that we can use it. We almost want a pretty house. It sounds crazy, but so we can forget about it. So we can stop thinking about it and like enjoy it, open up the doors, mm. have people over, get to know people and like use it up. And, and those are the people, those are my people. Those are the people that I wrote this book for. You've kind of started to, to mention it here. Um, so in Welcome Home, you say that most of us, we don't really care about entertaining. We care about and crave hospitality. So can you explain a little bit about the difference between entertaining and hospitality? I like this question. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I mean, when I hear the word entertaining, uh, when you're entertained, you sit back and watch a show. Like I feel, I, I picture someone like in an exotic outfit on a stage with tap shoes on, you know, doing jazzing them. <laughs> And so entertaining mm -hmm. is about all eyes on one person as they, you know, you zone out and watch them. And that is not hospitality at all. Hospitality is actually reversed. It's all about the person who is being invited over. It's about connecting with them. And so, you know, it's always a red flag to me if uh, the hours before someone's knocking on my door, I kind of take inventory, like, where's my mind right now? And if my mind is on like, what am I going to wear? How does my house look? Am I going to burn this dinner? Are they going to like me? Like, oh, that is such a red flag. The ideal place for your hosting mindset to be is really like thinking about the person coming over thinking about that family and remembering like, oh, was anyone lactose intolerant? Or, oh, you know, they're baby just started preschool. I wonder how they're feeling about that. And like getting in the mindset to be ready to connect listen, ask great questions, learn more about your friends or the new people you're meeting or whatever it is. If it's other focused, others focused, you know, you're on the right track. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to remember if there was still a dish full of dirty dishes because you didn't get it or a sink full of dirty dishes because you didn't get a chance to clean up after you made dinner for them. But they will remember 
how they felt in your house and those conversations you had with them. They absolutely will. And I, and we all know that, but sometimes it's hard, I think, to like truly believe that to a point where we're willing to do that. And so one of the things that helps me and reminds me to believe that is for me myself to think of times when I have experienced real hospitality, real connection in someone's home and thinking about what that looked like and what it felt like. And all every single time, it was not like a fancy house where they serve tea on China that I couldn't break. No, it's always like hanging out with someone and they're lived in and loved on home where they made time for me. They made coffee. We sat at the kitchen island and we really connected over our imperfect lives and our imperfect circumstances. Imperfections actually really play a role of putting people at ease. And, and sometimes just for me to step back and remind myself like, oh, yeah, that's where I've experienced it. And so I want to recreate that. And actually having an imperfect house is part of that. Like uh, uh, perfections aren't even in the goal. And one thing that you've already kind of touched on, but you said it in your book, was that there's three people that you need to consider where, when you host. So your guests, which you've touched on, um, yourself and, and your people. So it's easy to forget about yourself. So how do you focus on yourself when you're hosting? Well, and I know that can sound selfish, like, oh, well, you just said you're supposed to think about your guests. But here's the thing. I cannot focus on my guests if I am exhausted from a week of who knows what, especially if you're an introvert, like I'm an introvert. And so my people exhaustion level might go up quicker than my husband's who's an intro, who's an extrovert. So he likes he wants to have people every day after work. Um, and so I have to pay attention to that and plan accordingly. Um, and then also just putting myself in the right mindset, uh, thinking about maybe even like what if if they're coming for dinner, like maybe we'll just order pizza and I'll make a salad, but I am not going to be putting myself in a frantic situation where I'm, you know, not burning the pepperoni and mixing the pepper, like all of these things where I need 20 hands so that I can impress with this big meal. And even though, I mean, I actually love to cook. I love to cook, but I know that if I'm having people over, it can preoccupy my mind if I have lots of things going. And the goal is not to home cook everything. The goal is to enjoy our time together. And so I really stick to only letting myself make two things. Everything else is store-bought or others brought, and we can enjoy our meal together. And so that's how I kind of honor myself as the host, because I had to remember my job is to connect with these people. My job is not to make sure, you know, they have the most amazing meal ever. I want to have a good meal. I love delicious food. I want to have a yummy drink. Right. But overall, if I'm not present, then nothing else matters. I loved that role because I kind of subconsciously started doing that myself. Um, and it really was because when I tried to make everything from scratch or too many dishes from scratch, then something or three things ended up going wrong. You know, like the consistency wasn't right. It was watery. I burnt the meat, whatever. So I think that is a really good rule. And I'm going to be very conscious from now on, sticking to that. And plus, if everything's homemade, then nothing really gets to stand out as the star, right? <laughs> so Absolutely. you put more focus on the few things that you, you know, did make. Like one thing I've started doing is not making an appetizer, just doing a cheese plate. And, yeah. you know, that's something I can make that morning, put it in the fridge, and it looks really cute. Just, you know, get some store-bought stuff. 
Absolutely. I fully believe in store-bought Costco and even picking up stuff from a restaurant and adding it, you know, adding your homemade salad dressing. The end. That's one of our favorite sayings is, yes, it's made from scratch. I scratched the label off that box before you got here. (laughs) That's good. How does focusing on the hospitality aspect instead of entertaining um, change how we decorate our homes every season? Well, I don't know that it changes necessarily how we decorate. I think having a people-focused mindset, though, does take us from maybe checking ourselves and making sure that, okay, I'm not what is my goal here? Like my goal is not perfection. My goal is not to have an impressive home. And I think maybe our our mom's generation, I'm probably a little older than you, but I think our mom's generation had to deal with that a little bit more than us, but we might've caught that a little bit where like home was a place where you bring, you know, the husband bring his boss home and you impress them with the carpet (laughs) marks in the living room. And, And we're moving away from that. But, um, it really kind of reiterates that whole, like, what is the purpose? I think everything, when we start with the purpose, purpose of our decor, the purpose of having people over, it really puts us on the right track. So if our purpose is having people over and having a cozy, welcoming home and being okay with imperfections, well, man, that really changes the choices that you make when you're decorating, when you're buying furniture, uh, when you're shopping on Facebook Marketplace and you see gorgeous leather chairs that may have some scratches in it where you're like, oh, well, that just adds to the patina in my lived in and loved on home as opposed mm-hmm. to like insisting on imp- uh, on perfection. And so I think it's very freeing as you're making those uh, design choices. And then as you're making your seasonal choices, I mean, that's just a whole nother thing. I really work through the five senses with that and really let my visual decor kind of off the hook. When it came to seasons um, in the past, I used to feel like a stuff manager, like, okay, I am organizing my stuff. I'm cleaning stuff. I'm losing stuff. I'm putting stuff in the garage. I'm washing stuff. Like it was all about how I'm managing my stuff. And then I became more of a cozy minimalist where I'm trying to get the most amount of style with the least amount of stuff. Now, I you would never walk in my house and say, oh, you're a minimalist. But I really do try to get the most bang for my buck so I can have less stuff in my house. The clutter just drives me crazy. Even though right now in my life, I actually have a lot of clutter in my house, I feel like. And I, I think that's just how home is. Like there's seasons and there's um, tensions between sometimes we need less stuff in our life and sometimes we need more stuff in our life. But um, mm-hmm. as a cozy minimalist decorating for the seasons, I used to 100% rely on those visual things. You know, you go to Hobby Lobby and you're like, let me get all the fall stuff. And then you have to pack it up in the bins. And I just finally was kind of over that and challenge myself to decorate for fall and create a fall home without so much relying on store-bought plastic decor that I would have to pack away. And it's still beautiful. Like There's still so many beautiful things. I just didn't want to have to do that. And if you work through the five senses and kind of layer your home with a seasonal scent and a seasonal playlist and textures that feel like they're in keeping with the season, uh, foods that are right for the season, suddenly your home seems very full of what is happening outside without even adding tchotchkes or pumpkins or Santa Clauses or whatever it is. And of course, then I'll add that extra layer on top. But I find that, you know, I'm not relying on the visual decor to carry the whole burden of the season that way. I love that because I mean, the outside's already decorated for the season, because that's how we know, you know, one of the ways we know it's the season. So to bring those elements in so that your house, it feels very natural. 
And really for good. anyone listening, if you do not follow Michaelin on Instagram, <laughs> you need to quickly go over to your Instagram app and look up the nester at the nester because her home is beautiful and the visual I feel like is great um, when you know, just look at her pictures and then listen to this interview. <laughs> um, and we were uh, getting into the five senses because that was something that I just loved. And, uh, you know, with the sense, it really is nostalgic. Like I've read that the, it, you know, it's in a different part of your brain that's by your memories or whatever. Uh, right. So with, what about audio? So do you have like a recommendation for a playlist or anything like that going into I do. Well, I okay, recommend- I rec- I know I'm crazy about this. It's so fun though. I think we should all have a playlist for every season. So I have a playlist for the four seasons. Then in the book, I talk about this, but to me, Christmas is not a season. Christmas is a celebration. And so yes. if you decorate for winter, then as Christmas comes closer, you can decorate for Christmas as well. So I always add a Christmas layer, but winter kind of lasts me for like the whole winter season. So I might still have my furry throw pillows out, the same ones I had, you know, on December 12th, I can use those on February 14th and it's fine. So thinking more long-term and seasonal has really cut down on the amount of Christmas decor that I need. But as far as the playlist, then I have a Christmas playlist as well. So I'll listen to that. But my winter playlist is music that feels right. And it feels right for the season, whether I listen to it on December 1st, or if I listen to it on March 1st. And so I think it's really helpful to have that. And then I also have a welcome, uh, I call it a welcome home playlist. And it's for when you're having people over, and you want to have some music in the background, but maybe not words. Uh, and I give all my playlists away. Actually, for anyone that pre-orders the book or we like to give away, I like to give away stuff, but just as a thank you to someone that, you know, if you feel like this book is right for you and you want it, then I want to give you access to all my playlists. We have free welcome home prep school is what we're calling it. I'll make sure you guys have access to that as well. Um, But in that it's got all the playlists. And so you can, it's a good jumping off. I mean, you might have the same taste as me and you might like my playlist or you might listen to it. Sometimes I think the most helpful thing is like when you find something that someone likes, you're like, I hate that. I'm gonna go make my own. It's like really motivating <laughs> to make your own. So more power to you. You might listen to my playlist and feel like this, this is junk, but it probably will motivate you to create your own. And what happens is like, think about every now and then I hear a song like that I heard in high school in the summer, and it takes me right back to like summer. Mm-hmm. That's what music does. It's so powerful, just like scent that you were talking about. When you create a playlist, a seasonal playlist that you play every summer, you play every spring or winter, it begins to take you back. And it like, even with your kids and your family, they're going to grow up and hear those songs later. It's going to take them back home. It's going to take them back their backyard in the summer, around the fire in the winter or whatever it is. It has such power. So I found a lot of joy in creating those playlists. And of course, it's personal to me. But I think you guys would love that too, if you don't already do it. And a part of the seasonal supplies is, okay, so if you're going to create a playlist, do you have a way to listen to music in your house? Yes. And I think that's a lot. Yeah, like a lot of us have that seasonal decor, like, well, I have 12 wreaths, one for every month of the year on my door. But like, do you have a bread knife? Do you have a way to serve a cheese board? Like, you know, thinking about things that kind of support the season, a lot of us are missing and maybe don't allow ourselves to buy the pretty candlesticks that we can use um, all year round or, you know, just things like that, that actually can really serve us very well. 
Well, I'm excited for your playlist because I'm nosy and in college I managed a boutique and my favorite thing was adding seasonal songs to like our, you know, we had like one playlist that always went, but then like we would add in like every third song would be something seasonal and like even for Thanksgiving I had songs about like green beans and stuff. Oh, so. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I'm excited. I'm nosy and I know our, our listeners are too. So. <laughs> It's true though. You get a you get a sense of someone, but it's like looking yeah. in the living room. You kind of get a feel. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. So this next question is mostly just because we're very curious. Um, so in your section on summer, you talked about recreation versus amu- amusement when t- thinking about decor, and that's something we would maybe think about as like function versus fashion. Um, but when you're talking about throw pillows, you mentioned that the anchor pillow in the corner of your sofa should be 24 inches. Is there like how did you come to that measurement? Well, I'll tell you, sometimes when you're writing a book, well, every time you send it, you're fine, you're done, you give it to your editor and they start asking questions. And so when I wrote that, I was like, your anchor pillow should be the largest pillow, should be larger. And so I really appreciate when someone like my, my editor, her name's Carolyn, she's wonderful, but she's not someone who's like super into decorating. She has a pretty house, but she's like, well, I need more information. You need to, how big? And so what I've learned too is my idea of saying a big pillow, you know, if I say that to someone, I might go to their house and they're like, look, I bought the biggest pillow of my life. It's 10 inches. Well, that (laughs) actually wasn't a large pillow. And so I am really grateful for people in my life who say, you know, you need to be specific with that. So it's not, if you're, it can be 26 inches, it can be 21 inches. What it is, is a lot of people have never even bought the right size pillow or a large pillow. It's to kind of give a guideline of like, I mean, hold your hand out two two feet wide. It's kind of big. And so it helps you realize like, oh, this is like a little bit of a larger pillow than maybe I'm used to buying at Target. Um, It's kind of, that's why it's an anchor pillow. So if you have a big, huge sofa, you know, our sofas are eight feet long. And if you're putting a little, a little tinky, little 12 inch. A little pillow there, it's going to get lost. And that's why your pillows aren't looking good on your sofa. And so that was really my editor helping me be specific. So it's okay if you have a 20 inch pillow, it's okay if it's 26 inches. But in general, I really want you to go big. And most of us uh, in our homes, we tend to buy everything way too small. Our tchotchkes are too small. Our artwork is too small. Our pillows are too small. Our rugs are too small. And our drapes are the wrong size. Yep. I, I, I love that. And then when you do have that nice statement piece, then that's all you need. And I just love, I, I love that. So I was very thrilled. I'm like a very type A person. I'm like, I'm going to get exactly 24 inches. Well, I'm coming out here with my measuring tape. <laughs> but I want you to. <laughs> Okay, so I think our last question to wrap this up is if a reader can take just one thing away from Welcome Home, what would you want that to be? Ooh, I think I would want them to be, uh, I want that to be when it comes to seasonal decor, of course you can go shopping in the stores and buy beautiful store-bought decor, but there is another way. And by watching what creation does, watching what's happening in your own backyard, whether you're living in Florida or Minnesota, it can kind of give a nod to how we can bring the seasons into our home uh, and approach it more like a creator than a consumer. And it is so enjoyable and so fun and doesn't require any bins. I love love that. that. 
And this will be going live on September 15th, which is the day that your book comes out. Oh, so everyone can go and order it today um, <laughs> when you're listening to this. And Michael, and where can they uh, find you off air? So I already said at the Nestor. And do you have a website? I do. I have at the nester.com. It's going to be all kinds of links when it's not a pandemic. We host events. Like my goal is I just want to have the whole internet over to my house. We have a festival every year. I have weekend workshops. I do online classes. I have a community, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, But I just, I just want to encourage women in their home, whatever that takes. And I love to open up my home uh, to do that. So I would love to open up and be hospitable to you, whether it's virtually or maybe one day in real life. I know. Hopefully we loved your book tour last time. So if you can do it again next year, (laughs) we'll be there masks and all. Jackie and I both decided that we need you to come out. Maybe you'll have to partner with a fashion focused person, but come out with a capsule wardrobe book because your books have helped both of us with our home decor and we need someone to help us edit our clothing. So think about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be so fun? Ah, (laughs) Don't you miss clothes? I miss clothes and shoes so bad. (laughs) We were talking about that before you came on that like, I I want to buy clothes, but I don't because I'm just in gym clothes all the time. Right. Like dresses. Remember that's, dresses. Exactly. <laughs> it's dangerous. Get out of the leggings. Make sure you zip. <laughs> they anyway. did last time I checked. So okay, we're good. good. We're good. We're good. Crisis averted. Well, thank you so much, Michael. It was so much fun. Oh, my goodness. I so appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as we did. We always love talking to Michael. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at The Millennial Homemakers. You can find me at JBAlexander16 and Jacqueline at Jacqueline. Thanks for listening, y'all. Talk to you next week.